And then Sunday, uh, we'd get up and go canyoneering in the Munsee Wild Gorge. Wait, wait, wait. Canyoneering? Yeah, canyoneering. So we'd, we'd hike up this canyon, like narrow, kind of like a slot canyon. And there's a series of waterfalls and just cascading down this this river into kind of pools and drops. So we'd hike up there. And then we would uh, spend a few hours up there, like, sliding down waterfalls and rappelling off waterfalls and jumping off of cliffs. How many people got injured during this? uh, Welcome to the A Midlife Traveler podcast, where we want you to go see the world, discover interesting stories about people, places, and practical advice to help you plan your next vacation. Hey everyone, hello. Thanks for joining us today. I have some exciting news on the A Midlife Traveler podcast channel. So A Midlife Traveler is a podcast channel and we have multiple different podcast series underneath the podcast channel. And today, this episode you're going to hear kicks off a brand new podcast series that we are calling everywhere. If you've been listening to a midlife traveler, we do have a series dedicated to traveling in Ireland. We have a series dedicated to traveling in Scotland, and we also have a podcast dedicated to women's travel stories. But today for our first inaugural episode of the everywhere podcast, where we are going to be exploring destinations all around the world through the voices of locals who live there or travelers who've been there we're kicking off in Africa. And what a cool place to start a new podcast series. So today, we are going to meet Nick Bratton. Nick is an adventurer, an explorer, a writer and a photographer. And you are going to hear from him his stories of growing up as a child in Africa. And then about his year that he spent as a river rafting guide in Africa, you're going to hear a bit about snakes, some amazing stargazing, what canyoneering is. And he also talks about a sense of connection that he and many other visitors to Africa experience when they're there. I think it's a really interesting story. And if you are inspired to visit Africa, make sure you check out our website because at our show notes for this page, we will have some travel resources to cool trips in Africa. And also you will be able to find Nick Bratton's contact information. So thanks for listening. I am here with Nick Bratton and we are sitting in a conference room that is surrounded by maps of the Northwest Cascades, mountaineering books, travel books, and on the other side of the wall, people are enjoying delicious Northwest wines. And we are here to talk about really interesting travel stories and travel perspectives. So I met Nick through a travel trivia night that they have down here at the Adventure Hub in downtown Seattle. And by the way, what place did we win? Oh, we took first place. We took first place. Yeah, we won. Uh, what kind of obscure trivia did we have? What oh, we had the... geography questions, uh, export products. Yeah. What, what's the driest place in South America? The driest place in South America, the, the Atacama Desert. 
Yes. And what's the largest export in uh, Brazil? Brazil. Yeah, that one coffee. was coffee. But the Amazon is 20% of the world's oxygen. Yeah. That's one of the only ones I got right. That was great. So, but what I did learn, I don't even know where to start, to be honest. So you are an adventure writer. Why don't you tell mm-hmm. me about yourself? I think you're an adventure writer, adventure photographer, a person who's lived adventure. That's the impression I get from you. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's a big passion of mine is traveling to strange and different and interesting places and doing crazy things and writing about them. So it's been, uh, you know, I spent uh, several years of my childhood growing up in Southern Africa and traveling a lot there. And I really was lucky to have the opportunity to see some pretty exciting things and drive a Land Rover across the Kalahari Desert when I was age six. Well, I, didn't, I didn't drive it, but okay. I got to ride in it. That seems uh, irresponsible no. if you're six years old and drive. They have different driving laws well, in the, Africa. Well, the good thing is there, there is not much traffic in the Kalahari mm, Desert. So Good point. Um, but uh, yeah, so kind of based on that, uh, I just fell in love with, with travel and excitement and adventure and, and going to remote wilderness areas. So... What's your citizenship? Were you born in Africa? What, what's your citizenship? Uh, I have dual citizenship, uh, U.S. and British. Um, my dad's ah. side of the family is, is British, so I inherited that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm uh, born in Boston and then uh, spent five years of my childhood kind of going back and forth between Michigan and Zimbabwe and Kenya. So travel was a very huge part of your life. Absolutely. A formative period of my childhood. So I understand at one point you spent one year as a river rafting guide in South Africa. Is that true? Yes, that's absolutely true. So uh, why I, and how? Uh, well, I graduated from college in 1998, and I had no plans. I didn't know what I wanted to do as a career. I didn't have any job lined up. Um, I was just kind of fresh out of school and full of enthusiasm. And at the time, my parents were both living in South Africa, teaching and doing research. And so they said, hey, why don't you just come over and visit and you can, you know, travel around a bit and, you know, just get a feel for the place. So I took them up on the offer and I flew over to Durban, which is a major port city on the East Coast. It's kind of like Seattle. And um, I just fell in love with the country. So my parents were only there for a few more months. And one of the last trips we took together as a family was this five-day rafting trip on the Orange River in Namibia. And it just goes through this amazing desert landscape, and it's just this stunning multi-day river adventure. And uh, I just was so excited by this trip. And right after this trip, my parents were going to go back to Michigan, and I wasn't really excited about having to face that prospect myself. So I was just so enamored of this adventure on the Orange River. I talked to some of the guides and said, hey, is there a way I could do this as well? And they said, yeah, here's some phone numbers of uh, you know, people who run guiding companies in other, on other rivers. Give them a call. And so I just picked up the phone when I got back to Durban and started making phone calls. Wow, and, really? And yeah, so then you I have some courage, my friend. Then invited to basically come and try out as a rafting guide. And I had a little bit of experience. I'd sure, taken, you've been on the five-day tour. That's a I, lot of experience. Well, I've taken some, some courses in Utah. Okay, um, sorry. I wasn't trying to but, put you down. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I mean, it's not this kind of thing you just, like, walk into and pick up. There's there's a lot to it. Um, but I tried out with a couple different guiding companies and ended up um, getting full-time employment on the Tegela River, which is in the KwaZulu-Natal province. It uh, drains from the Drakensberg Mountains and flows out into the Indian Ocean. 
and it's one of the most challenging whitewater rivers in southern Africa. So can you describe maybe a typical trip that you would guide? Like how many days? What sure. kind of things do you see? So most of the trips were on weekends. We did have some midweek trips. Uh, but because the Tugela was so remote, um, it was you know maybe a six-hour drive from Johannesburg, a uh, five-hour drive from Durban. Um, people didn't just come out for their day. Like here in Washington, whitewater rafting is a big kind of day trip thing. Yeah, you drive from Seattle to Leavenworth yeah. and you go rafting right. and you come home and it's the the Tugela River was so far removed from the major cities that you had to make a weekend of it. So people would show up Friday night, um, drink a lot, and then we had a bar at the camp. Um, and then Saturday we would go rafting on the river and then come back and party some more. And then Sunday, uh, we'd get up and go canyoneering in the Munzee Wild Gorge. Wait, 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 canyoneering? Yeah, canyoneering. So we'd, we'd hike up this canyon, uh, like narrow, kind of like a slot canyon. And there's a series of waterfalls uh, and just cascading down this, this, this river into kind of pools and drops. So we'd hike up there. And then we would uh, spend a few hours up there, like sliding down waterfalls and rappelling off waterfalls and jumping off of cliffs. And how and, many people got injured during this? Uh, none during the canyoneering. Okay. But we did have a guy break his like leg on the river. Like going down. Yeah. <laughs> going you, down a canyon wall and, and sliding down waterfalls, no one's hurt. hurt. No. One guy broke his leg now, in the river. That was a raft. That rafting stuff is dangerous, but the <laughs> canyoneering part, is no, that was, uh, it was, it was, we, I mean, safety was very high priority because we yeah. understood how remote we were and it wasn't like the ambulance would just show up in five minutes. Like we were hours away from, from a major city. So question for you, because yeah. your whole life sounds super interesting, but I have to ask, was there some type of transformative moment? Like how that for you that travel somehow connected it was it that trip with your parents or was there something else that on your own where you went exploring that you just really suddenly I don't know felt engaged with the world and that the world was possible um yeah I don't know if it was that that one trip in the Kalahari but I think my time in Africa was really instrumental in fueling my appetite for travel and adventure um because my parents were really active um, and really eager to travel around and see places. And I didn't really have the option but to go with them. I guess I did have the option. They How said, old then were you generally when you were traveling with them were there? Uh, so when I lived in Zimbabwe, it was from when I was 6 to 9, and then age 10 in Kenya. And so pretty typical situation in our family was, you know, my parents would pull me out of school on Friday, and we'd pack up the Land Rover and go driving somewhere and go visit game parks and mountain ranges and deserts and um, you know, we'd go all over the place and just see the countries that we were in. Um, and even when we were in South Africa, we traveled quite a bit. Um, we took a couple weeks and went to Madagascar and that was just spectacular. So I think that I really grew up in this environment where um, traveling was something that was really important because there's just so many interesting things to see and do and people yeah. to meet. And it just became part of my, you know, my way of being growing up. Yeah, it sounds like you had such a fascinating childhood and opportunity. So, but when you were talking about the river rafting guide, this was after college, right? So it this was. was like you on your own mm -hmm. deciding, deciding what Michigan is not happening. Michigan is having lions, tigers, bears, oh my. I mean, what? Well, when having uh, spent high school and college in Michigan. You know, I felt I'd spent enough time there and was really ready for something different. 
and knew there was a, a, a bigger world out there with with different experiences that I wanted to go out and discover for myself. Very self-aware for a college student. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, you know, it was... I had some very important experiences in Michigan. I really appreciated the education that I got there and met some great friends, and, and it was wonderful, and I loved going back. Um, but I also knew, having grown up and seen other parts of the world, that there was still much more to experience and enjoy. Yeah. So then when you were on your own, is there any moment that you have that was just all yours that you can think of that sort of like a before and after? Yeah. One of the, one of the most precious memories that I have of this year as a guide, the season on the river, um, I would climb up a ladder onto the roof of the kitchen in the camp where our operations were. And sometimes a couple other guides would go up there and we would just throw down our sleeping bags and sleep on the roof of the kitchen and just lie there and watch the African sky. And yeah. you can just see the satellites crossing the sky and the shooting stars and just this, the Milky Way and it's completely dark. It's a play, It's something you have to feel, right? Oh, it was it's just, like a sense of place. Yeah, I mean, it was like being in this ocean of stars. It was just this amazing experience but being there. As a visitor to Africa, can you get that type of experience when you're camping? So, I mean, I have I will admit I've not been to Africa, but it's on my bucket list. Actually, Namibia is my number one bucket list place that I feel like I have you to see, go. to be honest. Namibia is amazing. And, but like the experience that you had. So you're isolated. You're on the roof of the kitchen. You're, I don't know, 20 feet off the ground. People are 20 feet below you. So did the people that visit get to just go out there and lay under the stars and look? Uh, or is it safe? I'm kind of afraid of snakes. Well, there were a lot of snakes. Other, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. We, we had a lot of snakes visit camp, and I had a few close calls with a black mamba and <gasps> spitting cobras and oh bumslong and green mamba. Can you do Namibia snakes. without snakes? Oh, yeah. No, there's huge, vast expanses of desert where you will probably not see snakes. But guides take you there, like, normally? Oh, you can just go there yourself, too. Okay. The great thing about snakes is that they're not particularly interested in meeting you, either. So they can sense you coming, and their first instinct is to move away. So they can sense your vibrations as you approach, and they're not going to, like, come after you or be inquisitive. They see that as something to move away from. So it's sort of like here in uh, Washington, Alaska, if you run into a bear, make a lot of noise. One of those, that same theory? Yeah, just, you know, keep your eyes open and be okay. aware of your surroundings, okay. and the chances of running into a snake are pretty low. I love the story that you have about rolling out your sleeping bag and sleeping under the stars on the on the roof of the kitchen because, I don't know, I, I, it probably just is something you, you feel in your bones mm-hmm. when you're there, and, you're, and you probably just feel like you're part of the world, but you're also such a tiny part tiny piece of the world at the same time. Yeah, it's I mean it's definitely a good perspective and and one of the the most powerful experiences of traveling to Africa is I think what a lot of people feel is the sense of connection. There's this kind of familiarity like they're coming home even if they haven't been there before. Really? Yeah. And and I I definitely felt that. And when I go back and return, I step off the plane and I'm like, "Oh, I'm home." So that's a really interesting observation. So what do you feel? Is that more of like a connection to Earth? Do, do, do you feel maybe that's part of it? I it's, mean, it's one of the great mysteries of life. Um, you know, I haven't been able to answer that, but I know I feel it. And I know I've talked to other people that have had the same experience and share that connection. There's just something about that place that has a magical draw. And whether you're in, yeah. you know, Kenya or Egypt or South Africa, 
it's the same same experience. So you seem like you're an American. You're not you're not African by descent, are you? Uh, no, um, so, I'm definitely not by descent. I mean, my so it's not a heritage thing that you're leaning towards so. this I mean, feel. My, it's something else. My parent, my my grandparents, um, moved to Kenya and lived in Rhodesia after the Second World War, and they made they made that their home. Uh, my dad grew up in Rhodesia. British descent, you said. Of British descent, yes. yeah. So you know the 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 family story goes that after the war. My grandfather didn't really want to go back to the depressed industrial northern English cities where he had originally come from. And having seen part of the world during the war, he wanted to go out and be somewhere sunny with better opportunities. And the the military gave him that. Very cool. So I I thought I heard you say earlier that you're writing a book. Is That's this a right. book about your experiences in Africa? It is. Tell it's, me all about that. Well, so, not all, because I want you guys to buy the book, but what uh, well, are you writing about these days? It's not done yet. It? Okay. Um, but if anyone in the audience is a literary agent, I'm looking for representation. <laughs> okay. So I'll make a shameless plug for that. Um, but this is a book about my experience as a rafting and canyoneering guide on the river. Um, so the, 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 the title is The Valley of a Thousand Falls. And it's about my, it's kind of the living my experience as an outsider who's very alone in this country because I had no, you know, my parents had left and I was on my own in this remote camp out in the rural area in Zululand. Um, and I didn't know anybody. I didn't speak Zulu. I didn't speak Afrikaans. Um, and I was very much on my own. And I also, to be honest, was not a very good rafting guide. So the, the Valley of 1000 Falls is kind of the, the progression of um, my experience as a guide as I kind of learn the ropes and make a lot of mistakes and survive, thankfully. So it's not just the beautiful scenery. It's, it's just a the story. There's of... a lot of action, but it's also a story of personal growth yeah. and um, of finding community and finding a sense of belonging in, in a strange and unfamiliar place. That sounds fantastic. Thank so you. any literary agents out there uh, take Nick up on this. So you're also an adventure writer and photographer. Is there a place that people can find your work? Uh, yeah, my website is nicholasbratton.com, and on Facebook I am Bratton Travels. Fantastic. So now you've met Nick Bratton and heard a bit about his adventures in Africa, which have inspired him to write a book about his year as a river rafting guide in Africa. Again, if this inspired you to check out some trips to Africa, please go to our website at amidlifetraveler.com to look up this episode. We will not only have show notes from this episode and contact information from Nick, but we'll also hand curate a small selection of Africa trips that we think look pretty darn cool. So that's it. Thanks so much for listening to the Everywhere podcast from a midlife traveler and safe travels wherever you may roam.